without hope, that they're fighting battles they feel like they can't win. I pray that today that you give them victory. Father, as Brother Marvin comes, Lord, I pray that you would just anoint him with your Holy Spirit, that you would use him as a vessel this morning, that when they, when they hear the words that he preaches, Father, they don't hear him, they hear you. As we open the word of God this morning, I pray that your word would speak to us, speak to our hearts. If there's barriers that we put up during the week, Lord, things that, that have gotten in the way to hinder us from worship, I pray that you would tear those down and that your word would be able to speak and pierce the heart, Lord, of both the sinner and the saint today. And that when we leave here today, that we would leave changed. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all your blessings. And most of all, Lord, we thank you for giving us your son, Jesus. We pray that your will will be done this morning, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. the Lord don't want me to preach. Amen. All right. I don't know how this is going to work. I ain't one of them hold a mic preachers, but we'll try it. All right. Well, if you got your Bible, I want to invite you this morning to turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalm 113. Psalm 113. And I'm on, I think maybe this is happening because I'm going to tell you what, if there's one thing the devil wants to stop the church from doing, and to stop you from doing, and that is to praise the Lord. And if there's one thing we bad at in the Baptist church is praising the Lord. Uh, we pray, and you know, you can pray, and you can read your Bible, and you can do all those things in your morning devotion. But if you haven't learned to personally, on a regular basis, be a person of praise and praise the Lord, I'm learning here lately that you'll a lot of times miss out on getting to experience God's presence. And you know, as we look today, I don't really realize how important praising the Lord is in the Bible. But if there's something that I can promise you that God is looking for is churches today that praise him. I mean, which church would you show up this morning and show out? The bored, dull, watch your watch. I'll be glad when we don't have to stand anymore and we can sit back down church. 
Or the church that is so full of God and so excited that they stand with attention, holding their hands just to get a little closer to him, singing with all their hearts, focused, fully engaged on who he is and what he does for them. Because the dull, bored church is the dead church. The church that is alive and filled with the presence of God is the church that showed up today with a heart full of praising the Lord. And I want you to read a verse with me here. It comes from chapter 1, verse 113 in the book of Psalms. It says, praise the Lord, exclamation point. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. It says, the Lord is high above all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who dwells on high? Who humbles himself? To behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth. The Lord is above all. Guys, today, today we're looking at something that is called the Halle passages. Halle is the Hebrew word for praise. These are known as the Halle Psalms. Psalm 113 through Psalm 118 or a group of Psalms that give praise to the Lord. These were a threefold call in a reminder of the obligation of God's people to continually exalt God's greatness. The goodness of God should never forever be for lips. If you know him, if you're saved, if God is your savior, these were used during the Passover every year. The Jews would sing these songs. And you know today we see it says praise the Lord. It says praise the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord shall be praised. These here are something that we tend to forget sometimes. Therefore, by Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, thereby Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to the Lord. It says continually. Here, it tells us that the Lord is to be praised from the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun. It's for us from the east to the west, from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. We, as God's people, are to be praising the Lord. He says that the goodness of God is to be recognized. God is worthy to be praised, guys, that he was given a special word. Do you know the word hallelujah literally means highly praise and hallelujah? Praise the Lord. That word hallelujah is the only word that I can know of that is spelled the same and translated the same in every known language. If you look in any language, it's written where you'll see hallelujah. You see, God wanted to be praised. He deserves to be praised so much that he declared and gave us our own word. And how often do you hear that word in your vocabulary? How often is that word in your heart? You know, today as we are going through the time that we're going to be gathered here to worship, you would expect praise in the church. But you know what I'm coming to find? If there's not praise in your life every other day, if praise is not a way of life, you can't make it happen on Sunday only. You either are a person of praise or not. 
We're going to look at some places where you would expect praise. If you turn with me this morning back to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 5, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, we're going to look at the time when God had put on David's heart to build him a place of worship, the temple, a house for the Lord. And he wouldn't let David do it because David was a man of war. He had shed blood. So he told him, not by you, but by your son. But David had spent his whole life, the whole time he was this king, saving and collecting and getting all of his resources, all of the riches that he could muster to build the temple. It's an unbelievable feat. The temple, it was one of the seven wonders of the world at that time. And when they got the temple built, they were dedicating the temple. They were celebrating as they all came together as God's people. And I want you to look at the emphasis, at the effort, at how they were intentionally focused on making sure that they praised God with everything possible they could. How easily we just come to church and don't always come prepared. We don't always come with our hearts and minds where they are. I want you to look at what it says right here. In verse 1 of chapter 5, it says, So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. Now this here is a place where you would expect them to be praising because the temple's been built. It's been completed. And it's an unbelievable day of blessing. So they're all gathered together. It's finished. And they're going to praise the Lord. Look at what it says. So Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver and the gold and all the furnishings, and he put them in the treasuries of the house of God. And now Solomon assembled the elders of the Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief fathers of the children of Israel in Jerusalem, that they might bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord up from the city of David. The ark of the covenant was where the presence of God resided in the Old Testament days. Therefore, all the men of Israel assembled, guys, all the men assembled with the king at the feast, which was on the seventh month. And so all the elders of Israel came and the Levites took up the ark, that's God, and they brought that which was God's presence. And then they brought up the ark of the tabernacle of Midian and all the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle, the priest and the Levites brought them up. And also King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who were assembled with him before the ark were sacrificing, I want you to look at this, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted or numbered for the multitude. Man, what an unbelievable expression of their dedication and their love and willingness to praise God. You know, you could see they were excited about the ark of the covenant, the place where the presence of God resided. You said, that must have been awesome, but we got something better. Today, the presence of God doesn't reside in a little box that he lived in that they carried around. Today, the presence of God lives in your heart if you're saved. And today, we don't have to have a temple. We are the temple. And friends, listen, we said, God, they gave sacrifices of unbelievable sheep and lambs beyond the ability to count. Well, I got to tell you something. There's a sacrifice here today that we're celebrating that trumps all of those put together. It's the sacrifice of not of a lamb, but of the lamb, the lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And we ought to be more excited this morning. We ought to have more reason to praise God than even them. And friends, as they gathered on that day, 
They came with an expectation that God was going to be there with them. They came experiencing and showing what God had done and being thankful. I don't know about y'all, but today, no matter what you've been going through, no matter what's happening in your life, if you've been saved, forgiven, blood has washed you, you ought to be able to praise God today. Amen? And friends, they came to praise the Lord. And guys, when you praise God the way he deserves to be praised, God shows up. Amen? Friends, he can't help it. He's drawn to the praise of his people. And I want you to look at what happens as they begin to praise. It says right there, Then the priest brought the ark in verse 7 of the covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple to the most high place under the wings of the cherubim. And they sat it there. Look at verse 11. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place after they put the ark in the Holy of Holies where it belonged in the temple. And they came back out. It says, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. And the Levites who were there, I want you to look at what they did. The Levites who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Heman and Jeduathan with their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar. Look at this, clothed in white linen. They dressed special. Listen at what it says they had, having symbols, oh, um, Trevor will like that, having symbols, stringed instruments, Jonathan will like that, and harps. And with them, 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Sometimes you might think, look at what all they've got up here. Look at these instruments. Look at what all they go through. My friends, listen, you can never put enough effort. You can never do enough preparation. You can never give enough when it's given for the glory to praise God. And friends, we ought to be thankful that we have a church with people who come and give of their time and want to worship the Lord. Friends, listen, can you imagine what that was like when those 120 trumpets all began to blow at the same time? Look at what it says in verse 13. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. How much sound did you make today? What came out of your lips that originated from your heart? When the Lord looked at you today, when he seen your heart, did he hear something coming out of you that represented thanks and appreciation to who he is and what he's done for you? Or did he see a dull person just hoping it'll be over with soon? Did he see someone who was engaged with him, who is in love with him, who came today to be with him, to experience him, and to give back to him something that he gave to you, a new heart? A heart that used to be about yourself, that used to be about the world, but you met Jesus and Jesus came into your life. And now your life has never been the same. And because of a relationship with Christ, not a religious experience, you have a personal day where God is in your heart. When you wake up in the morning, he's the person who's got the grip on your life. When you lay down at night, he's the one who you know is watched over you. He's provided for you. He's kept you. He's with you. I don't know about y'all, but that's the kind of relationship God wants his people to have. 
But we're so sidetracked. Listen what happens when you show out and let God get what he deserves. It says that indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. Guys, out of all the things we said today, the chief reason we should be saying it is to thank him and praise him for who he is and what he's done for us. And listen what happens. The one sound to be heard praising and thanking the Lord when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and they praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. You know, I've never heard it yet. I've been in every church. Some people say, it's just so loud. Why has it got to be so loud? And why has it got to be so long? And why have we got to stand that long? Well, don't you think God's worthy to be interrupted by? Don't you think he's worthy to stand by, to give attention to? Don't you think that when you get to heaven, it might be a little different than what we're used to? If you're troubled with worship here, God, if the Baptist church is a little bit too much for you, you don't want to go to heaven. Amen? Because in heaven, they're going to be praising the Lord with a new song you've never heard. It's going to be loud. It's going to be unbelievable. And guys, listen, this is just a warm-up, amen? But listen, when God receives praise, he does something. He shows up. The greatest thing about this, if you look at me, and this is just my introduction to teach and preach from where I want to today. Look at what it says once they begin to praise him. It says that as they all with one togetherness praise the Lord, thanking the Lord, lifting up their voices with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord saying, for he is good, his mercy endures forever, that the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. You know, I've been in services before where there was a presence that was undeniably there. I didn't see a cloud, but let me tell you, he was thick in the house, amen? I knew I wasn't at church as usual. I knew that something happened today that don't usually happen. I'm here today to tell you that the manifested presence of God is undeniable when he wants to let it be seen and felt And he wants to show it to his people. And guys, what we're missing more than anything today is what we need is not another prayer. What we need is not another sermon. What we need is a few minutes in his presence, amen? I'm telling you, five minutes in his presence will do more than a hundred hours of my preaching. Five minutes in his presence is what we need. But it's what we lack the most. Listen to what he goes on and says right there. So that the priest, the cloud, the presence, so that the priest could not even continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. You know what? If God showed up here one day, Jonathan, you might have to just put your guitar down. Trevor, believe it or not, you might have to drop them sticks and get on your face. Some of you might have to get out the pew you love so much and fall on an altar. Some of you might get interrupted so bad that you won't be able to do what you usually do. If God showed up here this morning, I promise you, church would be different than it's been. We wouldn't be focused on what we want we be focused on what he deserves. Friends, today I want to talk to you a little while about the difference of praising the Lord. You know, it's easy to praise the Lord on the dedication of the new church building. It's easy to praise the Lord when you're all gathered together at church. But guys, we're supposed to praise the Lord every day. Look what that verse says. Therefore, by Jesus, by Jesus, because of what he's done for us and who he is to us, 
It says, let us now continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Not just when you feel like it, not just when it's easy, but even on days when it's hard. Guys, you know what I've come to find? That it's easy to praise the Lord when everything's going good. But boy, when you get sick and when you can't figure out why something's happening to you and God begins to squeeze you, what comes out of you? Does praise come out of you or does complaining? Does the joy of knowing who God is and trusting him or do you doubt and have fear? Friends, you know what I'm beginning to find out? If you squeeze a lemon, you know what will come out of a lemon? Lemonade. If you squeeze an apple, you know what will come out of an apple? Apple juice. But you know what really comes out of them? What's in them? (laughs) You can squeeze a lemon and you'll never get apple juice. And you can squeeze an apple and you're never going to get apple juice. You squeeze a Christian if complaining and mummering and whining comes out of him, that's what's in him. That's his heart. But a Christian who loves God, who's right with God, who every day he's worshiping God, he's loving God, he realizes what God has done for him because he gets up in the morning and thanks him. He gets up in the morning and says, good morning, Jesus. Thank you for another day. And he's grateful that he's saved. And he realizes that everything he has came from God. Everything that's happened in his life is because of God. That person there, when he gets squeezed, he won't fall apart. He'll fall to God. I want to show you what I believe is a greater example of praise than this. You see, it's easy to worship God in the temple. How many of you would want to worship God in the prison? I want you to turn with me this morning to the book of Acts, chapter 16. And I want us to look at something this morning. I want you to think about this. When we praise God, praise removes the focus from ourselves. And it places the focus on God. I'm not saying that it's easy to praise God when you have problems. It's easy to praise God when you're in trouble. But you know what I'm learning? If you'll praise him in the problem, if you only can praise him when he moves the problem, or you only praise him when you ain't got problems, that's when you don't. The mom you need to praise him the most is when you're in a problem. And guys, Paul right here is a man of God who is serving the Lord. He's on his way to a prayer meeting. Have you ever got up one morning and you had a plan and you thought how that day was going to go and it was something good, something that you was looking forward to, but then all of a sudden the plan changed, something unexpected happened to you? Well, Paul is on his way here in this text to a prayer meeting. He's just come to the place where God has sent him. He is in Um, Macedonia he's preached the first sermon when he got there and a lady named Lydia and her whole household has been saved and this lady begins to be the first person of the church in Philippi she lets Paul stay there things are going wonderful Paul's on his way now to a prayer meeting and as he's on the way I want you to look at what happens here it says in verse 16 of chapter 17 now while Paul waited for I'm sorry wrong place 16, now it happened as Paul went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. And this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaimed us the way of salvation. 
And this she did for many days, but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned to her and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Oh, man, what a blessing. And when her masters, though, saw that their hope for profit was gone, they seized Paul. Now, here's Paul. He's on his way to the prayer meeting. But on the way, he comes this young woman who's possessed of this demon spirit. Paul delivers her. But because of what happened now, her owners are upset. And listen what happens. They take Paul and seize him and Silas. They drag him into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. And then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, as my mama would have said, they beat the stew out of them. (laughs) Listen what happens. And they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. And having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. I don't know about y'all, but I'd be finding myself whining. I'd be thinking, boy, what is going wrong? But you know what? The amazing thing with Paul, here he is. This has happened to him. But Paul, it says, but, but Paul. I don't know what would happen in most of us in our life if something like that happened, but I promise you one thing. If you're not careful and you don't begin to immediately look to God and you begin to praise God, what will happen is that if you're not looking at God, if you're not focusing on him and you're focusing on your situation, You'll not praise the Lord. I want you to think about this. We're prone to be selfish. God wants our eyes set on him. A sacrifice of praise is something that we offer to God when things are good and when things are bad. You know what Paul begins to do? He begins to praise the Lord. Look at what it says right there. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Friends, listen. Praise removes complaining and negativity. If you say, well, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to praise God anyway because I know he's going to be with me. I know if he allowed it to happen to me, he's not unaware of where I'm at. Paul knew I was doing what the Lord told me to do. I was preaching the gospel. I helped that young girl. I delivered her in Jesus' name. Jesus kicked that demon out. I don't know why he allowed me to get put in jail, but Paul said, I'm going to praise God anyhow. I want you to think about how long he'd been in there. They put Paul in there probably that night before dark. They didn't have electricity. It wasn't like now. Friends, he's been in there probably since dark. That's 6 o'clock. Here it is now, midnight. He's in the inner stocks. His feet are in there. He's been whooped. His back is bloody raw. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of nowhere, I bet you they'd heard many prisoners. I bet it was not uncommon to hear them prisoners whine, complain, cuss, and moan. But they ain't never heard one sing praises before. All of a sudden, this crazy little Jew starts talking about Jesus. He starts singing praises to God. It's at midnight. Imagine when he first started singing, old Silas said, what is wrong with you, Paul? Paul said, I can't help it. I got to praise God. He put us here for a reason. He begins to praise. Guess what? When you choose to praise God, it's hard to complain at the same time. And when you choose to think positive, I don't know why I'm here, but I know God put me here. I'm not here because I've been bad. I'm here because God allowed me to be here. So why if I'm here, God's here with me. Amen? And so Paul didn't complain. Paul begins to praise. 
Friends, I'm going to tell you something. I'm learning the hard way that praising changes your attitude. If you got to wait for God to bless you to have an attitude to praise him, you're missing it. Because if you're not going to praise him when the sun's not shining, you probably ain't going to praise him when it is shining. If you're not able to praise him on a rainy day, you're not going to ever be able to praise him on a good sunny day. Friends, you got to learn to praise God in everything. That Bible says, continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Sometimes praising God is a sacrifice. It takes effort. It takes giving your all to him. But guys, if you begin to look at this, the unbelievable thing is once Paul began to praise the Lord, his situation at that moment was going to change. As long as you let the devil make you whine and complain and feel sorry for yourself, the problem will get bigger and God will get littler. But if you'll elevate God, if you'll make God who he is, no matter what's happening to you, he's bigger than prison. I don't know about y'all, but I'd rather be here today. I'd rather be at the worst church in the Caddo Parish than the best jail in Caddo Parish. Amen. And I don't know about you, Paul's praising the Lord. He's thanking God. He ain't in there by himself. And guys, listen, people watch us. If you're one of them, woe is me, the sky is falling, chicken little Christians, you're not going to win people next you. When people watch you and something bad happens to you, they're used to people crying. They're used to people murmuring. But oh, what freaks them out? What makes them get their attention and think something's up, something's real about this Jesus? Because look what's happening to him. But he's praising God. Look what he's going through. But he's not upset. He's giving glory to God. Friends, that's what Paul began to do and the people were listening. Friends, listen, God wants to use us. He wants to use us to show others what he can do when we believe in him. Friends, I want you to think about this. I'm not there yet, but boy, God's been teaching me, amen. I'm gonna tell you what, God keeps you there long enough, squeeze you enough, you'll find out what's in you. Friends, listen to this. Praise is what instills God's blessings. I want you to think about this. God says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Thanks to him and bless his name. Friends, listen. When we begin to praise God, God will not hold back from the goodness from those who praise him with all of their hearts. Praise is the key, somebody said, that opens the door to God's blessings. I'm going to tell you what. God hears a lot of us whining and murmuring. I'm thankful he puts up with us because I've done my share of it. How about you? Amen. But I'm going to tell you what I found. God does a lot more when you quit crying and whining and you start praising and believing that, God, you're going to fix this. You're going to do something extraordinary. Paul is in the middle of this. He begins to pray and praise the Lord. Friends, listen, not only does praise instill and open the door to God's blessings, praise invites his presence. When you begin to praise God in your trouble, the devil leaves and the Lord shows up. I want you to think about this. The Bible says God dwells close to those when we praise him he lives for it he looks for it listen to what the bible says in psalm 22 3 god inhabits the praise of his people now guys what church do you think god's going to come to the church that's praising him that's singing that's giving glory to him that's excited about him or the church that's bored the church that's defeated 
Friends, listen, no matter what we go through, even in the middle of a pandemic, even in the middle of whatever's going on, if you'll praise him, he will show up. That's what he saved us for. Listen to what he says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know what he brought us here together for today? To praise him for what he's done for us. Guys, listen what happens when Paul begins to praise. This is unbelievable. These guys have heard a lot of prisoners probably in the stocks who cussed, but they'd never heard one praise. They'd heard a lot probably who blasphemed God, but here they was hearing one praise God. And I want you to see what begins to happen. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, singing praises to God, and the prisoners were listening. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. I don't know about you, but right now, I'm needing a great shaking in my life. How about you? I'm looking for God to shake something out of me that I don't like's in me right now and put something back in me good. Amen? Well, listen, he was in the middle of that prison. He's locked up. He's chained up. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open. And everyone's chains were loose. Maybe this morning, you're in a prison. Maybe you're captive to an addiction. Maybe there's an emotional thing that's got you locked down. And you've lost your joy. Well, I'm here today to tell you, in the midst of your sorrow, praise Jesus. In the midst of your uncertainty, Claim his faithfulness and trust him and give him praise and give him glory. I want to tell you something. He'll shake up that prison that Satan has got you in. He'll loose you from that, that, that emotional thing that's got you trapped. Friends, listen, as long as you continue to let it control you, it will hold you. you got to believe in God enough. Paul began to praise and he sent an earthquake. Listen to what happens. Suddenly there was this great earthquake. And the keeper of the prison in awakening from his sleep and seeing the prison doors opening, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. When he woke up from what happened, you know what? There's people here today like that prison guard. You here, but you ain't here. You're breathing, but you ain't breathing. You look awake, but you ain't. You're as dead to God as if you was in a grave. But friends, I'm here to tell you something. It might not be that they come and get woke up unless they see somebody like Paul. Friends, listen, if they come here and we all just accepting life as it is, we all just not praising God. Friends, listen, when they began to praise God, God showed up. He began to stir. He began to shake the foundation of the prison. And friends, listen, not only did he do it for Paul and set Paul free, Think about this. Paul was in them stocks when this prison guard, this jailer that put him in them stocks, woke up from his sleep. Paul wasn't in that thing anymore. Who turned him loose? It wasn't him. You see, who put you in your prison? It wasn't God. How'd you end up in them stocks? But friends, listen, God took Paul out. When that guy woke up, but guess what? Paul's right there. But guess what? The most amazing thing. Any of y'all ever been in prison? When you're in prison, what is the biggest thing people want to do? I've been in jail. Everybody in jail. I go visit people in jail all the time, or used to. Joe, if you go to jail, you won't be there long. One of them's going to say, can you get me out? (laughs) 
Brother Marvin, would you get me out? I've never went to visit someone in prison when they didn't sooner or later get around to asking me to get them out. You see, everybody in prison is wanting out. They're looking for the chance to get out. This is the most unnatural, hard to believe, supernatural thing out of all of this. When God set Paul free, he also set all them free. He tore down the doors, he tore down the chains. This guy gets up, he's figured they're all leaving. I might as well kill myself. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from his sleep and seeing the prison doors opening, supposing the prisoners had fled, he said, they gotta be gone. He drew his sword, he was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Friends, I wanna tell you something. Why did they stay there? Because they was more interested in listening to Paul because they'd been hearing Paul. They had never seen someone like Paul. What has happened to this guy that he's praising the Lord? Now look what has happened to the earthquake. He shook them free. And so Paul begins to share. I want you to see what it says. He brought them out and he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Friends, the first thing he said was, what do I need to do to be saved? And listen to what Paul says. Then they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Guys, listen, you know what got their attention? If Paul would have never praised the Lord, if Paul would have never did what he did, none of this would be happening. Friends, listen, today what people need to see when they come here is not people who are accepted bondage, who have accepted prison, but people who are praising the Lord in the prison till he sets them free. When God shows up and he gets in the person's life and he turns them loose, friends, I want to tell you something. People will want to hear what you got to say about Jesus. And friends, look at this. As Paul begins to share, this man gets saved and he took them the same hour of the night and he washed their stripes. The same one who beat him hours earlier now is healing the wounds he caused. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when they had brought them into the house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his household. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but the thing that we need to understand is praise brings the blessings of God Praise brings the presence of God. But I want to tell you something. Everywhere in the Bible, I see the manifested presence of the power of God is in places where they're praising God. When they praised God at the day of that temple dedication, he showed up. He caused such a scene that they couldn't even do what they usually had planned to do. When God shows up, it'll be when people praise him. You know, today, I've been learning the hard way. It's easy to praise the Lord when you're up here on a pulpit and you're preaching. People expect you to. But it's a lot harder to praise him when you're home by yourself. And you're laying there and you're in your prison wondering how I'm going to get out of this. Why is this happening to me? You know, just this last few weeks, we've been having to do a lot of traveling. And I've got this radio station that's right now in my truck. It's that satellite. It's called The Message, and it's nothing but praise music. It's nothing but praise music. Man, I've had to make three trips in a row, one down there for a good thing. We went to celebrate to our granddaughter's graduation. While we were there, I was going to see my, grand, my aunt, and my aunt, my last living aunt on my daddy's side, passed away on Mother's Day. Man, we had to end up, we were going to stay till they'd done the funeral, but they couldn't do the funeral. I had to come back here to go to a doctor's appointment to a specialist so I had to drive all the way back and then while I'm back here 
I had to wait, and then we went to the doctor's appointment Thursday and had to drive all the way back down there. You know what? I don't know if you realize this, but God finds ways to bless you. I'm looking at all this driving as something that's irritating, but you know what we got on there constantly? A radio station that has no commercials, that's playing one Christian song after another. And you know, I was just telling Brother Jonathan this morning, God gave me this song, it's called Jericho Walls. Anybody, have you heard that song yet? I don't know about y'all, but does God ever allow something to happen in your life that makes you fear? It makes you where you're scared, you're wondering what's going to happen? Man, this song, it goes like this. Jericho walls got to come down, come down. All of my fears, like Jericho walls, got to come down, come down. I'm going to tell you what, that song is in my mind. And I heard it, I don't know how many times, riding down there and coming back, and all these other songs. You know what I've come to find by accident? How many of you include praising and worshiping God in your morning time with God? How many of you just get up, pray, and tell him all the things you want to tell him? How many of you just open the word of God and you want to study, you want to hear from God, you, your interest for the word, you have a hunger, but how many of you are including a time of praise with the Lord? How many of you just get by yourself and start playing songs? The other day, I left the house. I was going in the truck. I got to the stop sign, and that song came on. And I'm going to tell you something. I forgot I was driving. I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'm looking, and everybody's looking at me. And I had that thing cranked up. It'll crank up. I'm going to tell you what, guys. We ought to be praising the Lord so much more than we do. If you only praise him when you come to church, you're not really going to praise him very often. we got to learn to praise him every day. He didn't give us just an occasional time to praise him. He gave us every moment of the waking day. What that said is, from the setting of the rising of the sun to the setting of the day, the Lord is to be praised, his name. And I'm here to tell you today, if you'll begin to praise him more, if you'll begin to practice praise, you'll begin to see more of his blessings in your life. This morning, I don't know who I'm talking to with this this morning, but if you're saved, I don't care what you're going through. If you look, think about it for a little while, that's something to praise the Lord for. I don't know about y'all, but I once was unforgiven. I once was going to hell. I once was under the condemnation of my sins. But today, I might have a lot of problems to go through, but one ain't hell. Amen? I'm saved, and you are too. You know what? You might be broke. You might have lost your job. But praise God, God's your provider, not that job. You might be sick. You might have health issues. You might not even know what they're going to do. But I'm here to tell you, praise God because he's your healer. Friends, listen, God, no matter what you're going through, if you'll praise him, will do unbelievable things. And this is what you got to understand. The people who love you the most, the people who are dependent on you most, your children, your spouse, your neighbor who watch you as a Christian, they see Christians all the time fail. They see Christians all the time who lose their faith. They see Christians all the time who murmur and whine. But I'm here to tell you, it's not very often that you see a Christian that no matter what, he praises the Lord. That no matter what, he's not going to whine and complain. He's joyful. He's praising the Lord. You know how that happens? It starts with praising him. Even today. This morning, I don't know what situation you're in i don't know what's going on it may be the worst thing ever happened to you if you'll today choose to praise the lord he will bless you he will help you i want to encourage you today in your problems in your troubles to praise the lord here i am i didn't even have my mic amen but you keep preaching amen
No matter what, keep doing what the Lord told you to do. We're going to stand together today. What is the Lord putting on your heart this morning that you need to do to praise him more? I'm going to encourage you to do that. Maybe it's come up here at this altar. Maybe it's go tell another friend about what God's done for you. But today, let's praise his holy name. Father in heaven, as we gather this morning, we want to give you praise for who you are. But we want to thank you for what you do. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for allowing us to be here today. And Lord, out of all the things in life, no matter what we may face, we thank you that through you we are victors. That if you be for us, who can be against us? And Lord, I know there's somebody here today who's struggling, who's got an overwhelming weight upon them, a burden that they can't carry. But Lord, we praise you even in the burden. We praise you even in our pain. We give you praise even when, Lord, we have to sacrifice to do it. And we know that you're good. We know you love us. And, Lord, we give you praise for that today. I just pray that you'll bless us, that you'll show up and show out in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
this is their new church home, so we praise the Lord. He's already a member. We just welcome him back, but they come today. So before you leave, y'all make sure you come up here and I'm Miss Allison and get the information. We just celebrate the goodness of God. Amen. You know, you can't mess up. I'm thinking up here, I'm messing up. This ain't the way I expected this to go. But you know what? God takes our mess ups and makes blessings out of them all the time. Amen. We just got to trust him and believe in him. And you know, I don't tell you what. A lot of times we don't like what we're going through. We don't like where the Lord's got us. But no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, he's with you there. and He's going to make good come out of your problems. There's no greater verse than this. He works all things together for good for those of us who love him and who are called according to his purpose. We don't always like the route he chooses, but when we get to the destination, it's always good. Amen. God is at work in our life. We own that old wheel. That potter's wheel, we like to sing about it. We make it sound like it's fun. I went down to the potter's house. We make it sound like it's wonderful, but when you own the wheel, it ain't good, amen? The Lord's got you spinning around. He's pushing on you. He's pulling. He's yanking stuff out of you that he don't want in you. He's putting stuff in you you don't want in you, but guess what? He's making you better than he found you. And sometimes change is not fun, but whatever the Lord's doing in your life, count it as a blessing. Praise him for it anyway. Even when you're sick. Paul said that he'll praise the Lord even for his infirmities because his grace is sufficient. When he's weak, God is strong. And that's what I'm beginning to learn. God uses everything in our life for his glory and our benefit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you. It's good to be back with you this morning. We're going to have a closing prayer here. Don't forget, you can offer your offering back to God on the way out and give that. Um, we'll ask God's blessing over that, but I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful that the Lord had me be here today, and I'm good to see you, and hope you have a great week. So let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing Dink and Dickie our way, and letting them become part of our church family. And Lord, we thank you for each person that's here today. Pray your blessings over them. As we go out, take our offering and use it for your glory to further your kingdom. Thank you for the privilege to give back to you, and more than anything, Lord, we just praise you. We give you praise. Thank you so much for loving us and the things you do in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.